بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد وعن جابر رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال لي النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لو قد جاء مال البحرين قد أعطيتك هكذا وهكذا وهكذا فلم يجئ مال البحرين حتى قبض النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فلما جاء مال البحرين أمر أبو بكر رضي الله عنه فنادى من كان له عند رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عدة أو دين فليأتنا فأتيته وقلت له إن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لي كذا وكذا فحث لي حثيا فعددتها فإذا هي خمسمائة فقال لي خذ مثليها متفق عليه Before we begin this hadith, pertinent to the last hadith which we were discussing, one aspect which we ran out of time, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam enumerated four things which he said are the khasla or the, or the characteristics or actions of the munafiqeen hatta yada'aha until you will abstain from it or it comes out of your life. The fourth thing as I mentioned yesterday, the root of it is dishonesty or a person being deceitful or lacking integrity and there is progression. The fourth thing which Rasulullah mentioned, وَإِذَا خَاسَمَ fajr, That when a person enters into a dispute, then he departs from the truth. As we mentioned, this is a very, very severe warning that is found in the hadith of Rasulullah many, many other ahadith. And unfortunately, the reason why we are delving further on it is that this has become very, very common. One is you have usurped someone's haq, someone's right. You owe somebody something. Or you entered into some financial transaction which you did not honor your word. And then it enters into a dispute. Somebody is called to arbitrate, whether it's an alim or whether it's a judge, whoever it may be. At that time, it is extremely important that we do not use falsehood and lies and false evidence to prove something that is not your haq. If you will resort to lies, deception, you may convince the person who is deciding the matter to rule in your favor, whereas you were not entitled to that that does not make what is haram halal for you. In fact, for the rest of one's life, one will have to carry the burden of that wrong or that falsehood, that zulm and that oppression, that you have usurped the right of someone else. So this is something we have to be very, very careful about. One hand, we ourselves presenting falsehood, and then more often than not what happens is we put pressure on some relative of ours or some friend of ours or even a lawyer. We find today Muslim lawyers coaching their clients to speak lies. False affidavits are prepared. Statements are made under oath where it is blatant lies. And coached by a Muslim lawyer. What is behind this? Trying to claim something that is not yours. We find there is such a serious warning about this. Rasulullah said, Man khasama fi batil wa huwa ya'lamuhu A person who enters into a dispute to prove what batil, what does not, he's not entitled to. He's trying to steal somebody else's thing. But he fights, he argues incorrectly, in batil, in falsehood. 
لم يزل في سخط الله he will perpetually be in the anger of Allah Allah's anger will be raining down upon such a person when that is the case how do we hope to have barakat in our lives barakat in our homes barakat in our livelihood barakat in our children how do we hope to have to be safe from things like depression mental problems the root of it is such actions because Allah's Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying such a person Allah's anger Sakhatillah Allah's anger is raining down upon him particularly when it comes to disputes with your family members we have to be very very careful don't be on the side of falsehood and particularly do not present false evidence and further Allah gives us a warning لا يجرمنكم شنعان قوم Allah ta'adilu i'adilu huwa aqrabu littaqwa Allah Ta'ala addresses the people of Iman and says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, O people of Iman, don't let your relationship with someone, someone, there's a dispute going on, whether it's a family problem, whether it's a marital dispute, whether it's a financial dispute. Sometimes you let your relationship with one of the disputing parties, maybe he's your relative or he's your very close friend. What happens? Because of that relationship that you have with that person, you know he is on falsehood. His claim is incorrect, but you allow your relationship with that person because he is your relative or your friend, etc. You allow it to influence you in such a manner that you assist him in his batil and his falsehood. So not only is he in the wrong now, you are also going to carry the burden of that wrong. We have to at all times... Islam teaches us, be on the side of justice. doesn't matter if it's your relative, or it's your kin, or it's your friend. If he is wrong, then don't side with such a person. Particularly don't assist that person. You're, in fact, you're not helping him. Allah's Rasul says, when somebody pulls, proves, like we mentioned the hadith yesterday, when someone proves a false claim, proves it, uses falsehood, and he proves it, and the one who is deciding the matter is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Sahib al-Wahi, one who receives revelation from Allah Ta'ala. He is deciding the matter. And yet you manage to convince him of your falsehood. You prove the falsehood. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi said, all I am doing is cutting up a piece of Jahannam and giving you. Doesn't mean that I ruled in your favor when you were not entitled to it, that suddenly it becomes halal for you, no. What is haram and what is not yours, no matter what you do and how you prove it and who you get on your side, etc., it doesn't make it halal, it's still haram. And this is where we have to be very, very careful, particularly, as I mentioned, assisting such a person. You're not helping him, you're harming him. If you're truly his friend or truly his relative, then stand on the side of truth, don't stand on the side of falsehood. In fact, if he is in the wrong, prove you are actually helping him by assisting to prove that he is wrong so that you don't assist him to take what is not his. Thereby you are saving him from the wabal of that. And we find in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu not only is the one, like we mentioned the hadith, man khasama fi batil, wa huwa ya'alamuhu, that person who argues for something that is not his and he knows he is in Allah's anger. What about the one who assists him? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Man aana ala khusumatin bidhulm. Man aana ala khusumatin bidhulm. That khusumatin bidhulm. This person himself is not making a false claim. But he is assisting someone else. 
He is assisting someone else. He allows his relationship with that person to color his judgment and to influence his judgment. So what is, how does the shariat view such a person? Allah's Rasulullah said, فَقَدْ بَاءَ بِغَضَبٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ He will also earn the anger of Allah. Allah's ghadab, Allah's anger. فَقَدْ بَاءَ بِغَضَبٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ He is drowned, he moves away. He is enveloped in the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is something, unfortunately, because it has become so common amongst us, we have to be very, very careful in this regard. The hadith which I just read, there's not much time, but we'll begin the first part of it. It's the last hadith in this chapter which Imam Nawi, rahimahullah, has brought. Al-Wafa bil-Ahd wa Injaz al-Wa'ad. chapter which deals with fulfilling your promises and honoring your word. When you give a wada, an oath, a promise, enter into a contract, the shan of a Muslim, the integrity of a Muslim is such that he honors that. His zaban carries some weight, etc. Jabir radiallahu ta'ala anhu said that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on one occasion he said to me that if the wealth of Bahrain, Bahrain is an area near Medina Munawara which had fallen under the Muslim rule during the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In an area that is ruled by Muslims in which non-Muslims live, they voluntarily choose not to accept Islam, remain on kufr, but under Muslim rulership, in peace they want to stay. They are required to pay what we call jizya, which is a form of tax. In return for that tax, they will get protection from the Muslim government and whatever the services are of that area, etc. So this area was being controlled by Ali bin Hadrami radiallahu ta'ala anhu and time to time the jizya or the tax that was collected from Bahrain would be sent to Medina Munawara to be put into the Baytul Mal, into the public treasury and that according to the intricate detailed masail as to the distribution of that wealth. A certain portion of it, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself or whoever was his khalifa or appointed on his behalf or the leader of the Muslim ummah, he had control over a certain portion of the distribution of that wealth. So with regards to that, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on one occasion he said to Jabir radiallahu ta'ala anhu that if that wealth has to come, لو قد جاء Bahrain, then or this low, this word low means if or it can also mean when, depending on the context in which it is said. So in other words, Nabi Salaam made a certain promise to Jabir radiallahu ta'ala that when the wealth of Bahrain comes, قَدْ aataituka, I will give you the expression in the hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu said, هَكَذَا وَهَكَذَا وَهَكَذَا In other words, he didn't specify the amount. But he said this word three times, I will give you so much and so much and so much. In the, in the riwayat of Bukhari Sharif, we find this addition is found, فَبَسَطَ يَدَيْهِ ثَلَاثَ مَرَّاتِ The Nabi filled his hand or made ishara or indication with his hand, stretched out his hand three times, both hands. I'll give you so much, so much, so much. InshaAllah, we don't have time, we'll continue.